Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, oh, oh. yeah, man, how you doing? On, you good? On, I know you like on. that. Yeah, I know oh, you like that. Welcome in, and it looks like we're going to be talking about Welcome back, welcome back, Robert Griffin III, RG3, Griff, Griffin, whatever you want to call him, it looks like he is moving in the direction to finish the season like he started as the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback, and who saw that coming? When Robert Griffin III was injured at the end of week one, it was wildly assumed that Josh McCown, Cody Kessler, would ride out the rest of the season and make things happen. Uh, Make RG3 uh, kind of irrelevant, uh, a side note in a season, if you would. Uh, Instead, partially because Griffin didn't have to have surgery, which is really a big deal given what we expected after that injury and everything that we heard, we didn't expect to see Robert Griffin III because we didn't expect that Griffin would be able to return. We thought surgery was going to be likely um, after he hurt his shoulder, uh, going into uh, trying to go out of bounds, uh, trying to do something that he was coached to do, and he got hurt. And so it looks like we're talking about welcome back, Robert Griffin III. Now, it won't be this week. This week, it looks like we'll be going with Josh McCown and Kevin Hogan, neither of which really gives inspires a lot of hope that the Browns will compete, <laughs> if you will. Uh, not that they've competed in the past. So against the New York Giants, we're looking at Josh McCown, Kevin Hogan, maybe Joe Callahan. Uh, the Green Bay kind of cast off someone that Mike McCarthy really liked. Um, but really the story is Robert Griffin III, who has returned to practice, Today, they officially designated him as their return player um, from IR, uh, something they haven't had to do in the past. This year, um, they've allowed teams to decide that later, uh, which I think is good. They don't have to identify who that player they think or hope will return um, when that happens, when that injury happens like they did in the past. Uh, This year, they were allowed to decide when they wanted to. And so Griffin is that player. They have three weeks now to either get him back on the active roster or to IR him for the rest of the season. The expectation is is that Griffin will be the Browns starting quarterback um, probably sooner rather than later. And so I think it's an important time to take a look at uh, Griffin's time with the Browns Um, as the Browns go to face the New York Giants. Um, they won't have Griffin to think about, but but that's what fans and media will have to think about. 
And then we have our bye week uh, before finishing off with the Bengals, the Bills, the Chargers, and the Steelers. And so the Browns are likely to go into their bye week at 0-12, but have four weeks to evaluate Robert Griffin III behind uh, this offensive line that has struggled uh, against the Bengals, who are not very good, the Bills, who aren't great but are better, the San Diego Chargers, who have struggled with consistency, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we saw this week, weren't that good either. Uh, but we're obviously able to take care of the Browns pretty easily, 24 to 9. So let's first look back at Robert Griffin III's uh, opening week game against the Philadelphia Eagles on the road. Uh, some basic statistics Griffin was uh, a mere 12 of 26 for 190 yards, one interception, was sacked three times for 22 yards, uh, lost. Um, and then had a QBR of 22.2 and a quarterback rating of 55. Compare that to uh, the big storyline coming out of week one, which is Carson Wentz, who was 22 of 37, 278 yards, two touchdowns against our abysmal offense, or I'm sorry, our abysmal defensive secondary. His quarterback rating was a 66.2, so almost three times as much uh, as Robert Griffin III. And then his quarterback rating was 101, almost double of what RG3's was. And so uh, not exactly the best game, but when you look around the Browns and look around the Eagles, it gives you some dynamics of that game. And obviously the Eagles have a, a very good defense. Uh, Isaiah Crowell uh, had 12 carries for 62 yards, much more than really we've been seeing over the last uh, few weeks from Hugh Jackson. We've seen a lot more throws. Griffin had five carries for 37 yards, uh, so he did get out and run uh, with a long of 20, so he had 17 from the other four uh, carries, and then Duke Johnson only had three carries for 22 yards, and so uh, in his first game, Griffin didn't look great, but the Browns' offense didn't look great as a whole, losing 29-10 to against a very, very good Eagles uh, defense. Fletcher Cox, uh, had a sack and a tackle for a loss. Um, Nolan Carroll played pretty good in the secondary. Brandon Graham coming off the edge as well with a sack and two tackles for loss. Connor Barwin had a sack and a tackle for loss. Um, against a good Eagles defense who um, has continued to play pretty well, even as the, their offense with Carson Wentz has kind of come back, they're still that Eagles defense is still fourth uh, in points against. So they're they're doing very, very well defensively. Robert Griffin III didn't have a great game. On the other hand, Hugh Jackson still, and even to this week, is still trying to find himself. Uh, and that week, he and week one, he just seemed a little off his game. And so the returning Robert Griffin III, after a few weeks um, of practice time, with Hugh Jackson getting an understanding of what he wants to do, having an understanding of how to use a healthy Corey Coleman, how to use uh, Terrell Pryor, uh, both who um, Coleman had two receptions for 69 yards in that first week, uh, that long bomb of 58 yards, uh, and Terrell Pryor had three catches of 68 for 68 yards, along of 44, so two real long passes, um, but besides that, really weren't highly involved in the game um, and weren't really thrown accurate balls from RG3. So as we prepare for Griffin to return, it's interesting to see if week one was an aberration 
I think many of us believe that if Robert Griffin III was the quarterback over the last 10 weeks, we may have won a game or two. His athleticism, his ability to get the ball out of his hands decently quickly and throw the deep ball. I, I was kind of joking around uh, on the Orange and Brown report. Again, you can see all my Browns writing at theobr.com uh, that Robert Griffin III and the flick of the wrist has just been amazing. His ability to hit the back step of his drop and throw the ball 50 yards downfield was ridiculous. And so while we've seen some struggles from Cody Kessler getting the ball downfield or even wanting to throw the ball downfield, and both Cody Kessler and Josh McCown holding the ball for far too long, that's something we really didn't see from RG3. He was he talked about how all offseason he focused on getting the ball out of his hands, throwing it away, and sliding. The kind of sad part to what happened, we thought was the end of his season and maybe career at the Browns was he was trying to get out of bounds when he got injured. He wasn't trying to get those extra yards or didn't have some weird, awkward slide. He really was trying to protect himself. He really showed in week one and then some in the preseason that he was really trying to take what Hugh Jackson, Pep Hamilton, and the rest of the Browns offensive staff trained him to do and take it to heart. That Robert Griffin III has had weeks to learn to sit back and to digest a lot of information. Who knows, maybe four weeks of RG3 puts to rest all of the questions about the NFL draft and drafting a quarterback high, but I doubt it. And now is a good time to, uh, like Robert Griffin III, remind you of how to get the best seat in the house. And so that is by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person this season. Maybe not as up close and in person as Griffin has gotten this year. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. When I'm not covering the Browns or the Cavs, maybe I want to go to the game this weekend against uh, Ohio State, against that school up north. And it's by far the easiest way I've found a shop for tickets. I can be anywhere and just with a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. And who doesn't want that, especially with the holidays around the corner? That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, that's S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K, Go to the settings tab and click on add a promo code and then just enter my promo code. That's L.O. Browns. That's L.O. Browns for Lockdown Browns. SeatGeek will then send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code L.O. Browns today. So as many of you know, the, the, con the conversation on Twitter, social media, sports radio has all been about where this Browns team is. And I've been very clear about where I think the Browns are. And so it's, it's just not a time, at least today, to readdress all of these issues. This Browns team was built to grow. And again, I will 
always point back to, at least at this point in time, Danny Shelton, who last year looked like a significant bust. Looked like he really just uh, was a weight room warrior who um, jumped on piles late, uh, made some dumb decisions, couldn't figure out the leverage in his pad levels. And this year has looked very, very good and looked like the centerpiece of what could be a very good defense with so many young players. The difference between year one and two and the difference between year one and three are huge for young players. Judging this draft, judging this front office, this early makes little sense. Especially as we kind of look, in years past, we've seen a lot of really dominant players uh, come out as rookies, just have these outstanding rookie years. This year, we have a few. We have a couple, really. We're talking about Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. Let's not beat that dead horse again. They have an offensive line that's really, really good. And neither one of them would uh, have transformed the Browns into a winning team this season. Jordan Howard looks good for the Bears. Defense, obviously, Joey Bosa looks good. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has actually looked better than expected with the Jaguars, uh, especially playing corner after they signed Tayshawn Gibson. Uh, where many thought Ramsey was going to be more of a free safety, has played pretty well uh, as a cornerback. And then there's some other rookies that are looking okay. But this isn't a season where we can look at a rookie class and say, wow, there's all these players playing great. There are a few playing very, very good or even great when it comes to Zeke, Dak, Bosa, uh, for the time that he's actually been on the field. But this is just a young team. There's a lot of players that need to develop. They need time. And for the Browns, they have time. And so when you look at the type of players that the Browns drafted, they drafted high upside, high motor players. It's a great combination. You have these high upside guys, Agba and Nassib and Corey Coleman, uh, even Sean Coleman as a right or left tackle. Uh, You have a lot of guys who um, I really like what Rashard Higgins can do, Ricardo Lewis, those kind of guys. They have a lot of upside. But what we've heard about most of them coming out of college and then still now in the pros is that they're just these high motor energy work for it kind of guys. So not only are we dealing with a bunch of very, very uh, high upside ceiling kind of guys, we're looking at guys who really do put in the work. They put in the effort. And so um, those kind of players may take some time to develop. But at some level, that's all the Browns have is time. While the fans and some of the media may not want to give them that time, players develop. Players take time to develop, and we need to allow them to develop. Another burn it down and start over again will make everything from this season meaningless. And then next year or the year after, whenever you want that to end up happening, that just means you have to start over where we currently are. Or try to use a bunch of overpriced free agents because no one wants to come to a losing Cleveland unless they're overpaid. Hi, Carlos Dansby, Paul Kruger, Dante Whitner, Desmond Bryant. Remember that? We signed all of these defenders. And what did it get us? Continued losing seasons. Instead, this year we have literally torn it to the studs. The Browns are setting records for how many rookies are playing. That means we've never seen this before because it's never been seen in the NFL. So this week, the Browns take on the New York Giants. 
the Giants are favored according to ESPN's football power index for whatever you take value for that. The Giants are expected to win 72.4% compared to the Browns 27.4. Again, whatever that means, not that important, but when the Giants are 7 and 3 and the Browns are 0 and 11, obviously the Browns are expected to lose. Eli Manning versus Josh McCown, that one's pretty easy. But when you look at the running backs, Rashard Jennings hasn't had that great of a season for the Giants. 100 carries, 340 yards. Isaiah Crowell, 129 carries for 561 yards. At the receiver position, some really talented uh, players on the field. Odell Beckham, Victor Cruz, uh, rookie Sterling Shepard, who's looked good in his time. Then you have Terrell Pryor on his on their side and Corey Coleman, who was out for a little while, injured. But matching up Beckham and Terrell Pryor, obviously totally different players. Pryor is the big, strapping kind of player. Odell Beckham, a little bit more of the Antonio uh, Brown type of receiver. Uh, fast, can get in and out of his breaks. Beckham, 59 receptions. Pryor, 56. Even though he was limited with his hamstring issue earlier. Um Beckham, 819 yards. Pryor, 724. Beckham has six touchdowns. Pryor has four. Remember who's throwing the football to those guys? So when you think about development, think about last year. Terrell Pryor couldn't make the Browns team for most of the season. Terrell Pryor couldn't make the Patriots when he didn't work out for them. And a variety of other teams that he worked out for, and all 32 teams who had the ability to sign him, And then this year, there's talk of him being a top 10, 15, 20 wide receiver. Pro Football Focus currently has him as their number seven overall receiver. So as we prepare to face the Giants, and uh, tomorrow for Thanksgiving, I plan on doing just uh, what I'm thankful for when it comes to the Browns and Cleveland sports. Uh, And then Friday, go into kind of previewing the, the New York Giants game fully. But as we go into that game, remember Terrell Pryor. Remember Danny Shelton. Remember two players who last year, all fans or most fans were ready to write off. Prior, no one wanted to sign him. Shelton, everyone was labeling as a bust. Now, most all think Prior should get a big wide receiver contract after one good season. Most think Danny Shelton can be a dominant force in the interior of the defensive line. I can't do anything more for you if you're full of doubts. Not that Pryor and Shelton deserve it or are enough, but they're a a good sign to us about what development can look like. The Browns are likely to lose this weekend to the Giants. The Giants are 7-3. They have Eli Manning. They've got a lot of talent. They've got a winning culture uh, that was built by Tom Coughlin year after year and then replaced by almost his hand-picked successor. Um, And so... They're going to beat us. Can you find the positives? Can you find the players as they're developing? Emmanuel Agba, now that he's been moved on to defensive end, has looked great. Uh, You'll look at some of the pressure information uh, that Pro Football Focus has given us. Uh, If you go to the Orange and Brown Report, an article that I posted uh, on Wednesday, today, uh, look at how the Browns can be. Look what could happen, not what isn't. The Browns are going to be 0-12 after this Sunday, most likely. If that doesn't happen, if they win, great. But can you find reasons for hope? Can you look for them? Or are you just that focused on all the negatives? 
Thank you again for stopping by this Locked On Browns podcast. My name is Jared Mueller. That's at Jared K. Mueller, J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R on Twitter. You can see all of my writing on the OBR, the Orange and Brown Report, a part of Scout Media. That's theobr.com. Thank you for stopping by this Locked on Browns podcast. Have a great night. Have a great Thanksgiving. And go Browns.